Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 15. Certainly, I would say a familiar passage of Scripture in the Word of God, Luke 15. We won't get to the prodigal son this morning, which is probably the most um, common of the, the parables in, within this context. But we'll start with verse number 1 of chapter 15. I'll help you follow along in your Bible as I read. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. 15.3, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them? doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth, layeth it upon his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors and saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 90 and 9 just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Father, thank you so much that each individual is of great value. And Father, there's nobody that's not able to receive the love of Christ through salvation. Everybody is open to come, for whosoever shall call shall be saved. Thank you, Father, that not only are we saved, but, Father, there's great rejoicing in heaven over one person that comes to the Lord. I pray, Father, today, if anybody's in the room that knows not Jesus as their Savior, that they today, by their salvation, would cause great re rejoicing in this room. But, Father, even in heaven itself, great rejoicing over one person that would put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for one of the wonderful promises of salvation. Bless now this message and I glory, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. We see this parables, as we would call them in the Bible. We find that Jesus is accused here of eating with sinners by the publicans. And, of course, uh, something that was not something that they would do. They were certainly men of great noteworthiness, religious leaders, as, you, as it were. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we see Jesus Christ as he is sitting, and they say of him, and he, and he eateth with them, right? He's taking a meal with them. He's not just saying hello to them to be kind. He's, he's sitting down eating with these people. Sinners. And he, and, he, and he knows it, too. And so these folks are upset with him, these uh, Pharisees here, as he's eating, publicans, the Bible says it, with these sinners. 
Why would sinners be attracted to holiness? It seems just the opposite of that, does it not? They're not necessarily, we would see them as people that were not attracted to holiness. Yet we find in the Lord Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, that he's sitting with sinners, eating with them. Jesus Christ was attractive to all, even those that we would think would run from him. And of course, he was rejected by his own, and they received him not. The Jewish people received him not. But the Gentiles seemingly had the open, open ears to hear the Lord. It's always been that way. They desired to hear him. They desired to be with him. We see as they throng him by the thousands through the course of the New Testament. Why? Because he accepted them and he loved them. People long to be loved, don't they? It's such a shame that people are running from the source of love. They think the world has the answers for them, and clearly the world does not have the answers. The Lord Jesus Christ is the answer. And sinners came to him because of their great, his great love. People will come where they are loved. They'll come to love. Ladies and gentlemen, as a church, if there's, the world is honestly such a cruel, wicked place at this point in time. And I'm not saying everyone. There are many sweet people. But as we see the world as it's de degenerating over the course of our lives, it's just sad to see the lack of love that people have and uh, the coldness that we find creeping into our society, a hardness that is new to us in some sense. So many years now of aborting children and just hardness to it. Children being found in the garbage that have been thrown away. All kinds of hardness and, and, thing, and unloving things that we see in our world that are taking over the world. You get out of this country. This, this country is was known as a Christian nation. It's unfortunately not so much anymore. Fewer and fewer would name the name of Christ. And as we fall away from Jesus, the more we're losing the love that we have one for another. The scribes and the Pharisees had no understanding of the love that Jesus Christ had for sinners. Why did he come? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He loved sinners. So that's who he was coming to. It speaks of it here, moreover than the 99 just persons who need no repentance. But the sinners recognized they needed help. They recognized that they needed God. Most of the people in our city of Marion this morning are like this. They don't recognize their need of God. They think they're good people. What do they think? We're the 99 just persons that need no repentance. I don't need God. I'm a good person, right? And that's about the way it falls, isn't it? But this, these people, this, they knew they were sinners. They weren't having a hard time figuring that out. And so they saw the love of Christ and they wanted to hear what Christ had to say. People will come where they are loved and people will come where they feel like they're family. Folks, let's be that place. I think we are. But let's, let's, let's stay vigilant, loving, loving everyone, making everybody feel like they're part of the family of God. These people were indeed the outcasts of society 
the religious are looking at them going, what is he even doing? He, he's supposed to be the son of God, and he's eating with these people. Why? Because that's who he came to save. Unfortunately for those Pharisees, they had no understanding of the love that Jesus Christ had. What they didn't understand was they were no better than those that they were condemning for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Those that think they are above sin or without sin have, have made a foolish, foolish mistake in their life. Today, if you think, well, I'm a good person and God loves me and I'm gonna go to heaven. I hate to tell you this, but God sees you as a sinner just like anybody else for all have sinned. None of us escape that. None of us are righteous. None of us are perfect. We can look down our pharisaical noses, so it were, and we can say, well, those are really bad sinners. If you, if you think you've sinned once in your life, guess who you are? A sinner. If I murder one person, Tyler, what's that make me? A murderer. That's who we are. We are people, and these thought they were above these that were gathering with Jesus are unwilling to recognize their own need of a Savior. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The joy of finding that which was lost, we see in the passage here, the sheep that was lost. And so the man has a party and invites all his friends and neighbors to rejoice with him that he has found the sheep. That was lost. All of us like finding things that we have lost. Number one on the list is wallet. <laughs> right? Uh, or within the context of the wallet, the debit card. Because you know you had it yesterday. And you're trying to think, did I leave it on the table at the restaurant? Did I use it somewhere? So you're tracking it down. And you don't find it, and you eventually line, you go down to down to Hills Bank, and you and you uh, fill out an application for a new one and show them your driver's license and all that. You say, well, "How do you know that?" Because I just did it last week. <laughs> yeah, keys. Lose your keys. Number one on the list. Can't find my keys. But boy, I tell you what, when you find something that's lost. It's always a good thing, amen? You're like, oh, man, because you're thinking, oh, my goodness, if I don't find my wallet, what's that actually going to mean? i got to go to the license bureau. I'd rather commit suicide than doing that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's right there on that list. Uh, so it's, boy, when you find it, like, whew. And then it, your phone, you can't find your phone. Now, that might be the number one crisis in your life. Um, you're going to receive more criticism if you don't answer your phone. What's your problem, dude? Answer the phone, right? And so it's, it's you, you lose your phone. And so you're having your wife call your phone for you. You're calling for your wife. And, and sometimes you lose your phone and it's in your hand. You know, you're looking for it. You know how that is. You're so used to carrying it. You're like, look, what did I do with my phone? Oh. <laughs> Don't ask me why I know that. Done that before, right? Got it right in my pocket. You find things, but it's always great to find something. You ever been shopping? <clears throat> Ladies never would do this, but men would do this occasionally. You're shopping, and you're, you're really engaged in looking. And all of a sudden, you find that 
one of the kids is not there. Now you instantly don't panic. You just like, calm down. The child's right here. So now you're looking. And children, unfortunately, are shorter than the clothing racks, right, ladies? And so now you're looking, and now you don't find them on the next aisle. You're still not in a panic situation. You go one more aisle. Now the pace is picking up, right? You're walking a little faster. And now you've covered several aisles, and now heart is beating, and you're just on the verge of terror. And then you see the child. And guess what you have? You have joy. That which was lost, you have found. When we see this passage and we see the sheep, when a man lost a sheep, it is said, I was reading this week, if you were a shepherd and one of the sheep was lost, you would have to pay for that sheep. So you can imagine when a man loses one of the sheep, he really wants to find that sheep because it's probably a couple of weeks wages perhaps that he has lost if he fails to come in so when he counts and he he counts the 99 and one's gone yes he's out looking for it all night long why because because it's very costly and when he finds it yeah he's rejoicing Whew. man that was going to cost me like a paycheck if i lost that sheep and so it was very valuable for him to find the sheep we find behind that parable we see the parable of the lost coin it seems we find this woman as she is diligently searching and, and searching and sweeping and looking for this coin that was lost she had 10 coins and only one is gone you would think well you still got you still have nine the way this was in that time is they wore this band and it was a band, we, we hear the thing called a wedding band, and that's what it was. It was a wedding band, and in the band was 10 coins. And it was very, very important band for a lady because these coins represented things. Not only were they valuable coins, but also they represented that they were faithful to their husband. If you lost one of those coins, there was two things. Number one, if the family was in destitute circumstances, a woman was allowed to spend one of those coins. But there was it, it proved your faithfulness to your husband if you had all the coins in your headband. So if you didn't have a coin in there, what did it represent? Either one, you were destitute and you had to spend it, or two, Perhaps there was trouble at home. It was a disgrace to your husband to have only to have a coin that was gone. And so it was so important. Why is she going through so much effort? A husband could actually divorce his wife over such a thing. And so when we see the coin that is lost, we see the heritage and the meaning of these coins. It meant so much for this woman to find this coin. Because it almost could cost her everything. And so she's desperately looking and searching. And can you imagine if you're that woman, you find that coin. <sighs> what a relief it would be that she found the coin. We see in both these situations, we read them, and we, it doesn't seem like such a big thing perhaps because you have 100 sheep and you only lost one. You had 10 coins and you only lost one. 
but it was so costly to lose those things and what they represented. And so there was great joy when they found that sheep that was lost, when they found that coin that was lost. These Pharisees did not understand the value of people to the Lord Jesus Christ. To these Pharisees that were condemning Christ for eating with sinners had no idea the value that the sinner has to the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, it's so important for us to understand the value of just one person that comes to the Lord. And, and we do. We rejoice over one that comes to the Lord. I pray this morning and ask the Lord that one to be saved today. Somewhere in our ministry that somebody be saved. Why the value of one eternity with Christ versus an eternity separated from the Lord in a place called hell. The value of one person's salvation. Sometimes we go out soul winning and we have bus maybe of 20, 25 people and we get on the bus and, and only one is saved. And you'd like to see, you know, just the, the, the joy we have of leading somebody to Christ, but you'd like to see more saved. But the value of one for their eternity to be transformed. When we see these two parables, it's talking about in heaven. There's great joy over what? One. One sinner that repents, there's great joy. You think, how big a deal is it? All of heaven. I was just thinking, what do they do? Ring a bell or a siren goes off, somebody got saved. And there's joy in the presence of the angels over one that comes to know the Lord is Savior. The reason they have great joy in heaven more than we have here is they understand the meaning because they're in heaven, right? They understand how important it is for one person to come to know Christ. Likewise, I would say to you this morning, do you understand if you don't know Christ this morning, how is important it is for you? If they're rejoicing in heaven, why don't you bring joy to them in heaven today? But far more important than that, why don't you give your life to Christ while there's time, while you can respond to the Lord. These Pharisees had no thought for the sinners for whom Christ came, of whom they actually were. We look at them as they look down their pharisaical noses and they look at these people and they find them to be sinners. They were blind to their own sin. But they could certainly spot it in others. Boy, they knew they were sinners. Of course, they had raised themselves to the category of we're the Pharisees, we're the religious people, we're the ones without sin. We're the 99 just persons, not realizing that they were not the just persons. Matthew 7, verse number 3 says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam, the mote being like a little, little sliver, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. My friend, Brother O'Neill, wrote this song. It's called The Heart of the Problem is the Problem of the Heart. The song says this, We can see the wrong in others overlooking the evil within. So, Lord, help us to confront our hearts, to confess and forsake our sin. The heart of the problem is the problem 
of the heart. This was typical of the Pharisees. They could condemn the sinners not realizing that they were exactly the same. The great joy that comes to us, we see in this passage, is when somebody comes to Christ. That which was lost is found. It's a great thing when we see our family come to know the Lord. We see the children of the church with tender hearts as they come to Christ. We see the children in the bus ministry as they come. And so many of these children trust the Lord as their Savior. And it brings great joy to us. But sometimes the older people, adult people, seemingly have a harder time to come to terms with their sinners too. When somebody comes to Christ, there's great joy in heaven. There's joy that comes to Christ. There's joy in the person that gets to lead that person to Christ. And of course, there's great joy in heaven. The lost coin was seen as something by the public as something that was carelessness. And the headband of silver coins, it was carelessly lost. We have to be careful as believers that there was a carelessness that they would be thought of by them if they lost this coin. Their dowry would be damaged by it. Don't take backsliding carelessly. Don't take that in a careless way. When we get away from the Lord, what is happening here in this passage is, is they would classify the losing of the coin as a careless behavior. And it's a sign of backsliding. We get careless with things in our life if we're away from God. We get careless in our Christianity. And we, we get careless about things that are, are spiritual that we were once faithful to and now we struggle with those things. They're wandering away. You wander from the Lord. What happens? You're, you're not where God wants you to be. You're not able to do what God wants you to do. Why? Because you're not with the Lord. You're wandering away. You cause God some heartache. Why? Because you're a sheep that is lost. You, you bring great concern to the shepherd. Why? Because the sheep that is lost. It's one of the... I don't want to say heartaches, but one of the one of the things in pastoring is is um, see people get away from the Lord, and you realize how Satan can draw people away so so easily and so quickly. They can find themselves away from the Lord. Don't be careless with the salvation that you have. Don't be careless with it. It is a sheep that is wandering and needs to be found and brought back to the fold. We all, all understand the losing and the finding and the joy that it brings. But let's be careful about wandering from God. You're a child of God. Stay close to God. It's such an important thing for us to stay close on the daily basis. You realize just in your daily walk with the Lord, I, I was just thinking of time in prayer. But it's not just a time in prayer. Make it a walk of prayer. I talked about it in Sunday school this morning. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. You say, well, Pastor, that's just impossible. It's not impossible for you to have the Lord on your, on your mind all the time. That's not impossible. When you wake up in the morning, what are you thinking about? Are you talking to the Lord within the context of 
Are you, are you in your mind, are you speaking to God? Are you talking to God? Are you praying for others? Are you asking for him to protect you? Are you asking for God to bless you? Are you asking God for people to be saved? Are you asking God? Are you telling God, Lord, you know what? There's, there's things that I just want to talk about with you. You know, all of us are going to, in the course of a day, how many times are our minds going to wander on something that we wish we hadn't wandered to? Just instantly take care of those things. Say, Lord, you know, that, that, I shouldn't be thinking like that. Forgive me for that. I need, to have, I need to have clear thoughts. I need to have thoughts that are pure. But we just need to be in constant walking with the Lord. Why? We're, we don't want to wander away from him. We can spend a whole day and never talk to the Lord. What is that? Wandering. You've wandered away from the fold. You've wandered away from your Savior. Get in the habit of walking with God and not wandering away from Him. It's a personal relationship. If you're going to walk with God, these are things that are going to bring you to walking with Him always throughout your life and not wandering. Let's be people who walk with God, not people who wander from God. There's great joy in heaven over one sinner that re returns. Later in the passage, we find the prodigal that returns. And there's such great joy for his father. We'll talk about it more tonight, perhaps. But let's be people that stay close to God. It's so important that we do it on the daily basis that we walk with the Lord. Our Lord came for the sinners. But understand that once we're saved, it's so important for us to stay as close to God every day. You know, you go a week, you go two weeks, you go three weeks, four weeks, a month, two months, and you never pray to the Lord. Christians, let's don't be those people. We are living in a world that is leaving our Lord. As believers, don't do it. Let's be the ones that stay close to God. It's so pitiful to see what's going on in our world and the, the sin that's so prevalent now, the wickedness that we see in our own country, the wickedness that's going on around the world, the lack of care for human life is just sad everywhere you go. We look at the bombings that are going on and we're so upset about the bombings. We're probably aborting more children that are being killed in Ukraine every day we're concerned about our nation but folks let's 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 live in such a way that God can bless our nation as we find ourselves as a nation wandering away from God and we're running the risk of God chastising us to bring us back to himself individually and collectively as a nation so let's be people of prayer our country's in, in trouble, but it's going to be left to us to be the people to pray. The people that are living with no thought of God, they're not going to pray. It's going to be us. Let's pray that there will be great joy in heaven because people are coming to Christ through the ministry of Gospel Light Baptist Church. But as believers, let's be people that stay close to God. You say, what do you call wandering? Not being close to God. That's what it is. See, well, I'm not very far away. Get back quick. Get back quick. If you don't know the Lord this morning, 
Invitation is always open to come. Trust the Lord as your Savior. Maybe you realize, boy, I have wandered far away from the Lord. I'm not saying you've wandered into deep sin. I'm just saying you're not where you used to be. Have you wandered some? Let's all stand together the invitation.